are listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I am your host, Celine Yeager. Each week, I bring you advice from athletes, scientists, researchers, and other experts to help you feel and perform your best, no matter what your hormones are doing. This show is a production of Live Feisty Media. Hello, strong, feisty women. This week, I have the absolute honor of bringing you a conversation with ultra-running sensation Camille Heron, who is smashing world records and is taking aim at men's records while also in the midst of perimenopause, which is something she has recently opened up about in a series of posts on Instagram. Her accolades are way, way too numerous to list here, but some highlights include 21 marathon victories, including the Comrades Marathon in 2017. She is the first and only athlete to win all three of the road IAU World Championships for 50K, 100K, and 24 hours, where she clocked 270 kilometers, which is nearly 168 miles, more than any women in history. Last year, after turning 40, she won the Jackpot 100, outright beating all of the men by almost 30 minutes. And earlier this year, at age 41, Camille set a new woman's 48-hour running world record, logging 435K or 270.5 miles, which not only broke the existing woman's record, but also became the first female athlete to surpass a men's American record. I'd be remiss if I also didn't mention that Camille also holds a Guinness Book of World Records record for the fastest marathon by a female in a superhero costume, running two hours, 48 minutes, that's unbelievable, dressed head to toe as Spider-Woman. We talk all about it. We talk how about how she got here, her history, her involvement with a cool new project with Lululemon that is breaking ground in women's running, and importantly, what it's been like navigating perimenopause these past three years while competing at the very highest level in her sport. Spoiler alert, it's not been easy. There are lots of moving parts, and Camille is taking them on one by one with both scientific precision and a whole lot of grace. And that's a combination I really appreciate. I hope you enjoyed this one as much as I did. You can learn more about Camille and her work at CamilleHeron.com. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Also, Camille will be competing in Spartathlon this week, which is a historical ultramarathon that traces the path of Pheidippides over 246 kilometers, that's about 153 miles, between Athens and Sparta. That kicks off September 30th. Check it out. And you can check out her Instagram at Run Camille for more on that, I am sure. Okay, before we get to it, as always, check us out at Instagram and Facebook at Feisty Menopause. Sign up for my free weekly menopause blog at feistymenopause.com. While you're there, check out our Level Up membership where you can meet with menopause training experts each and every month, several times a month. And thanks again for your continued great reviews, five-star ratings, all of it. It warms my heart and it helps me get great guests. So I appreciate you. Finally, quick thanks to Nutrisystem for their longtime support of the show. 
Understanding and managing your blood sugar is an integral part of your health and longevity, and NutriSense makes that super easy. So thank you, NutriSense, for your support. If you're interested in checking them out, you can find the links and discount codes in the show notes. All right, enough of me. Let's have a few words about our awesome sponsors and get on with the show. As a lifelong runner and cyclist, I am stoked to announce that Tifosi Optics has come on as a podcast sponsor. The beauty of Tifosi sports glasses is that they hit all the marks. They are shatterproof polycarbonate, so the lenses not only reduce glare, but also offer scratch resistance and complete eye protection. They stay put. They have little hydrophilic rubber nose pads that actually get more grippy the more you sweat, so they stay secure and don't slide down your face even when you're running in sauna-like conditions. No matter what sport you do, they have a shade for your activity, including tennis, fishing, pickleball, running, cycling, and just hanging out at the beach. And they are super reasonably well-priced, which is very hard to find in a sea of overpriced eyewear. And they just look freaking rad. So head on over to tifosioptics.com and use the code FM, capital F, and capital M, like Feisty Menopause, number 20, FM20, to get 20% off your order today. I'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. Good sleep. The one thing that sets you up for a great workout and a good day is quality sleep. We talk about it all the time here on the show, which is why I'm stoked to have Lagoon Sleep as a new sponsor. Because one of the most overlooked tools in a great sleep toolbox is the thing you literally rest your head on eight hours a night, your pillow. A quality pillow is everything. Otherwise, you end up tossing, turning, punching, and folding your pillow, waking up with neck pain, and all the stuff that happens when your pillow doesn't meet your personal comfort needs. Say hello to the most comfortable sleep you've ever had with Lagoon. They start you out with a two-minute personalized pillow quiz and then pair you with your perfect pillow. I got the Otter, a cooling adjustable pillow that is perfect for side sleepers who run warm at night like I do. It is a dream. It's fully adjustable, so I was able to get the perfect loft and support, and the cooling feature is everything. As someone who turned into a furnace every evening before menopause, I appreciate that the Otter is stuffed, with shredded gel-infused memory foam, which instead of trapping heat from my neck and head, draws it away and dissipates it. It's truly delightful. I'm a good sleeper, and Otter's taken it to the next level with both support and cooling. Put my head down, good night, Irene. My aura ring confirms what little tossing and turning I was doing is gone. The beauty of the pillow quiz is you can get the perfect pillow that you need to and make your sleep the best sleep you can have. Go to lagoonsleep.com slash hit play and take the two minute quiz to find your perfect match and then use the code hit play all caps one word for 15% off your first purchase. Sweet dreams. Okay. Well, Camille, as I mentioned to you before I hit record, I'm very excited that you're here. We have a lot of ultra runners in our audience and I mean, you've just been like smashing barriers. It's just so cool to talk to you anyway, but off the top, I want to thank you um, for opening up about your own perimenopause experience. Because when I started this show almost three years ago now, there were still athletes who were happy when I approached them to be on a podcast until they learned that this was actually, I wanted to ask them about menopause <laughs> and then like, it would just get ghosted or they just were like, mm, maybe not. Um, so incredible athletes like yourself being open 
I can't tell you what a difference it makes. So I really, really, really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I've it, it's actually been good for me to even talk about it rather than, uh, you know, hold it inside. I've, I felt like kind of relief, you know, to be talking about the struggle that I've been dealing with for uh, three years. And um, yeah, and I, I didn't realize like when I started talking about my um, my struggles and realizing it was perimenopause that it resonated with so many women. Like I had women being like, thank you, you know, thank you for talking about period health and perimenopause and what I'm experiencing. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to, to chat with you about it. Thank you. Uh, before we get to it, I did my little bit of background research on you and, and there's just a few things that I wanted to learn a little bit more about, like, um, your Wikipedia page says, quote, due to body quirks, she adapted a unique running style well suited for ultra running. And I was like, what's that mean? So I have to know, like, what that means. What are these? What body quirks? Yeah, yeah. So um, when when I was a kid, I always noticed when I looked in the mirror that I seemed to have a twist to my right leg and I would have to, like, splay my right foot out so that, like, my knee aligned forward. And, um, you know, I just thought this was kind of like my own like body, you know, like I'm just adapting with my body. And um, I had hernia surgery back in 2010 and they did all this imaging on my pelvis and on my femurs. And the doctor was like, oh, you have an antiverted right femur. And so that means that my femur is twisted inwards. And so it made sense because I, you know, always had to splay my right foot out. And um, I've always had a funky running gait. People have always commented about my running style. And um, and I say that I, I it's almost like I lift rather than push off the ground. Um, and so I end up being, I'm really, really light on my feet. Uh, people say that I'm kind of like a hovercraft when I run. <laughs> that I'm, I'm just, I'm very, I have a very like mechanical style. And um, yeah, and I mean, I think I adapted this because of that, that twist of my femur. And it's a way to alleviate stress um, on my legs. And so it makes me really, my gait's really light when I run. And so I'm not putting a lot of force into the ground. And uh, as I got into ultra running, I realized this was actually an advantage because I'm not breaking my body down. I end up being really light and efficient. And um, so it's kind of like this light bulb moment of, you know, wow, you know, maybe my gait, maybe the way I was born, um, you know, ends up being an advantage for ultra running. And, and yeah, I mean, I've, I've been, you know, crushing world records. I'm doing, you know, some amazing things in the sport. So um, I definitely feel blessed. Now that, you know, here I had this funky gait that people have always kind of poked fun at. And um, now, you know, I realize it's actually a blessing uh, for, for being an ultra runner and what I've been able to do. So that's very, very cool. And, and, it, and it sounds as though it hasn't caused any like um, injury uh, predisposition. Yes. I mean, I, I think, you know, I have a, I have an exercise and science background and I think your body just naturally tries to find its balance where, you know, you're not breaking down, you're running in, in an efficient way that's not causing uh, stress and force. And so this is just naturally how my body has adapted to how I'm anatomically built. 
And I've actually been featured in like biomechanics books and um, presentations. I mean, I did a I did a talk back in the spring with a biomechanics professor in his class, and they wanted me to talk about my gait and like what I've learned and and all that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, the way I run is very different. Uh, I don't, I, like I said, I don't put a lot of force, a lot of power. I don't have a powerful running stride, so I'm definitely not going to be out running the marathon marathoners or the sprinters <laughs> but uh but the longer I go it ends up being you know so efficient the way I run that it's an advantage for ultra running that is very cool <laughs> that is that is a Thanks. I'm so glad I asked that is such a cool story so also like like growing up and it said that you you uh as a teen you had become homeless for a bit after the 1999 Oklahoma tornado outbreak and then you started running long on Sundays to celebrate your life. And I just wanted to hear a little bit about that time too. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so being from Oklahoma, we get tornadoes. Uh, you know, I grew up as a kid, like, you know, had tornado warnings all the time, having to, you know, practice tornado drills at school. And um, and so, yeah, when I was a junior in high school in 1999, uh, my family had moved up to Oklahoma City. And uh, we, my parents were trying to sell their house. Um, we came from Duncan, Oklahoma in Southern Oklahoma. And um, we had moved into an apartment that was across the street from my high school. And, um, and so, yeah, the, it was, I guess, like two days after prom on my, my junior year that the tornado ended up hitting my high school and hit where we lived, uh, this apartment complex that was across the street. You weren't and there. No, fortunately <laughs> I was not there. Um, my, uh, I had just gotten home from track practice and, um, gotten out of the shower and my dad, my dad was like, oh, we need to load up the car. We're going to your grandparents. There's a tornado that's supposed to be coming. So I'm not wow. really thinking, I mean, we get tornadoes all the time right. in Oklahoma and I'm not really thinking like, oh, grab your stuff. You know, this is a big deal. Um, you know, so I just grabbed my book bag and put on, you know, some running clothes and pair of tennis shoes. And, uh, you know, we hopped in my, my dad's uh, suburb and then went down to my grandparents. And um, and yeah, I mean, I'm studying for like a Spanish test like the next day and we're watching the TV and they're talking about where the tornado is going. And then, um, yeah, and then it dawned on me like, oh, my gosh, like that's where we live. And um, my brother had, he uh, he had gone with a friend up to the mall that was like north of where we lived. And so he wasn't even with us. And we're, we're kind of freaking out because the tornado was cutting through Oklahoma City and, um, and my brother's in the mall and it like cut up through where he was at the mall. And so we didn't know what was going on with my brother. Um, but then we um, went, it really dawned on us that it had like hit where we lived was when we got a call from my brother and um, my brother and his friend had gone down to like a uh, gas station down the street from where we lived. And he said he, he looked, he could see down uh, the area where we lived and it was like, it was like an atomic bomb had like hit the area. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was just devastating. It was devastating at the time to think of, you know, like I didn't grab anything, you know, like I just, it like had just literally leveled that entire area. 
And I think there was uh, like maybe 40 people, 40 plus people that that, that died in the area wow. where we lived. And um, like four people in our apartment complex where we lived at the time. And um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was just devastating. Um, and the, the amazing thing is when we were finally able to go back uh, to the area where we lived, and um, our neighbor, so we we had an, a top apartment and our neighbor below us, she had gone in into her bathtub and with her dog and she had put oh a mattress, she had put the, her, her mattress over her bathtub with her and her dog. And she said it was like a freight train coming through. And so she, she had survived the tornado and we were on the top. Um, and, and yeah, when we were able to go back to the area and to get our stuff, uh, I was I was able to find my I had a crate under my bed that uh, was full of like all my like kind of like precious things like uh, my favorite running books and things like that. And so I was able to find my first running book. Oh, and. Uh, so my my first running book was Lore of Running by Timothy Noakes. And um, I mean, it's a classic book. And so I was so I was like, finding, you know, like a piece of gold, like, I was so excited to find my first running book. And um, that book had survived the tornado. And uh, that book talks all about the Comrades Marathon. And so I, you know, that was like the first ultra that I knew of was the Comrades Marathon. And so I, I love to tell the story because, you know, that was that was kind of the, the impetus that got me into wow. ultra running was uh, that book and reading about the Comrades Marathon. And uh, this book has been with me through life and it survived a tornado. And I think it's like the coolest thing ever. So, um, wow. but yeah, in <laughs> I know it's pretty crazy. Um, but, but yeah, in terms of, um, you know, what I got out of it, I mean, I was grateful. I, you know, was alive. I was grateful that our dad, you know, had like taken us to our grandparents and, um, and, you know, at that time, like I was very, I was spiritual. I was very spiritual. Um, you know, I was very active, you know, in, with our church and, um, the fellowship of Christian athletes and, um, and so, yeah, it felt like, you know, I needed to take like, you know, what my per what my gifts are, my talents and, you know, make the most of those, you know, my ability uh, to go on through life and to make the most of my life and what I'm born to do. And so uh, I used to always take Sunday off and not run on Sundays. And I realized like, you know, running was kind of my way of celebrating, you know, my life and what I'm born to do. And so I started running long on Sundays. And um, yeah, I mean, I just feel like that's kind of my way of embracing, like, you know, being grateful for my life. So I'm just getting this all misty over here. That was, that's really, that's, wow. Wow. Amazing. Wow. And yeah. I, yeah. I feel I feel so grateful though. Um, I mean, yeah, I've gone I've gone through my life like feeling grateful for all those all those moments in my life where you know I might have lost my life. Like you know, I'm I'm grateful that I'm still here and that you know I'm able to go on and to make the most of my uh, my abilities as as a runner. So, and and you most definitely have. I mean, you most <laughs> you most definitely have. That is that's a beautiful that's a really beautiful story, Camille. So thank, thank you, you for sharing that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So let's let's move. Let's fast forward a little bit. Um, you know, I heard you on Rich Roll 
last summer, I think it was. And you, yeah. it was, it was, it was kind of, it was charming because you said like, you thought when you got to your mid thirties, it would be like, you know, all downhill, like so many, you know, <laughs> the idea that so many people have, but instead, you know, and I think that you were like maybe 40 at the time. I don't know how, how old are you now? I'm 41 now. Yeah. So I was 40 last year when I was on ritual. Gotcha. And, you know, you were just like, but now I feel like I'm in my prime and you're smashing all these records and getting better and better. And I have to ask, was menopause on your radar at all when you were sitting there talking to Ritual? Yeah, yeah. So I had learned about perimenopause, I think it was two, maybe about two and a half years ago. Um, and and so, so, yeah, I, I didn't, in fact, I mean, it still is a learning journey for me, like learning more about like what I'm experiencing over time. And, and so I knew, you know, about perimenopause, but I, I, I feel like I know more now than I did when I was on ritual just, you know, a year, a year ago. I mean, so much, I feel like so much has happened since then. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's our bodies change, you know. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's it's like you can't, your body's not static through your life. I mean, how you eat, how you sleep, how your hormones adapt, you know, over time, our bodies do what they do and it's totally normal. And we have to learn how to adapt with them over time and the different stresses that we're under. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I know like a lot of people, you know, maybe train the certain, train a certain way or they eat a certain way. Well, you know what? That may not be the right way for you to eat or to train throughout your entire life. Like I have friends that, you know, are vegan or vegetarian and, you know, they start having struggles with their health. And I'm like, well, maybe you need to, you know, work with a dietitian. Maybe you need, there's something that your body needs that, you know, you need to evolve um, with what you're feeling in the present. So, um, so yeah, learning about perimenopause is like this light bulb moment. (laughs) It's like I um yeah, in, in terms of like like how it like happened and um, that I realized like oh I was just gonna ask my, like what what was, was that? Like how did where what, did you when when did the light yeah. bulbs go off? Yeah. The light bulb went off. Um I think it was three years ago in July. And during the pandemic. So we're not racing at that time. I'm not training hard. Um and I like I woke up like one day and realized like I, it was like, I was having hot flash, hot flash during the night. And I was like, I was like, wait, I'm, it's like, I'm 38. I don't think I should be going through menopause quite this soon. Um, and, and so, so yeah, that day was like, it was like a couple of days before my period and I ended up feeling terrible, like that whole day, like my, my mental health, uh, was impacted. I just felt bad. And, and, and so, and then my period started the following week and I realized like, I felt, I felt like a shift in my body, like after my period started and then, um, and, and then it happened a couple months in a row, like the same pattern. And it wasn't like I was training hard. So I, I, I was like, I'm not even training hard. Like the, I'm not stressing my body. This is like during the pandemic. Um, but it happened a couple of months in a row. And I was like, I was like, this has got to be like tied to my female hormones because I've never felt this before. And, um, and so, yeah, being able to make that connection, I mean, I started like talking to my mom 
mom and my two sisters. And I was like, you know, do I need to change? Like my, my, my hormones are like, you know, balanced differently. Um, and I didn't even know about perimenopause at that point. I never, I, you know, I'm a health and science person. I've never heard about perimenopause. Like, I've heard like, this so many never- times. Don't feel bad. <laughs> It's like, why is nobody, I, I was like, I'm way too young. My mom was in her early fifties uh, when she went through menopause. And so I was like, I'm way too young to be going through menopause. Um, and so, you know, my sisters were like, they were like, oh yeah, I, I have two older sisters. So fortunately it's almost like I have like, uh, you know, they, they've probably already been through what I like going through. Um, and so like my sisters are like, oh, we had to change our oral contraceptive, you know, because our whatever we were taking wasn't working, you know, having symptoms. Um, and so, so yeah, so then I thought, I thought, well, I'm going to connect with my doctor and I'm going to see if I need to change my oral contraceptive. And so um, I did, I changed my oral contraceptive for a couple months and I felt like it wasn't really making a difference. Um, and so I was like, I was like, okay, I, I'm not really sure what's going on. And so I ended up connecting with a dietitian, um, uh, my, my friend Jackie. And so I started working with her and got blood work done and found that I had high iron. So I had done like a full iron panel and it showed that I had high iron. And, um, so I started working with her. Uh, following a special diet called the root protocol. And, um, and so that like made a huge difference, like getting my working with the dietitian, changing my diet. And so at this point I'm like 39. Um, and I think um, maybe it was on social media at, at some point around there that, that um, I, cause I'd been talking about like how I felt and talking about my iron. And one of my friends mentioned, oh, you might be going through perimenopause. <laughs> and so, you know, I have to get on the computer and start Googling it and like all these symptoms start coming out. And I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, I think I have like 90% of this. <laughs> Um, and so, so yeah, uh, you know, between like getting, figuring out this whole dietary changes, um, with my iron, um, and working my dietitian and then realizing like, oh, I think I'm going through perimenopause. And so, you know, talking about with my dietitian, um, and she recommended that I stop my oral contraceptive because, um, I guess your oral contraceptive can elevate your iron. And so we were trying to do all these things to get my iron down. And, um, you know, I've been taking my oral contraceptive for 20 years. I mean, it's kind of a little bit scary to to think like, not only like wondering, well, you know, being a professional athlete, how is this going to impact my running performance? But, you know, I'm taking an oral contraceptive because I don't want to get pregnant. Right. (laughs) You know, I'm trying to, you know, do do the things to, you know, uh, that have worked for me, you know, for a long period of time. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it made sense to me that, you know, if my body's changing, you know, I need to start like contemplating, you know, making changes, you know, how to get my iron down. Like maybe I need to, you know, alter, do something to alter my hormonal balance. Um, so, so last year I ended up stopping my oral contraceptive. And I had actually stopped it a couple weeks before I went and ran my 100 mile world record. 
So I thought, I thought, okay, you know, I stopped my oral contraceptive. I just ran a world record. You know, maybe this is, this is a good thing. <laughs> this is a good thing. Um, so, but, but yeah, for, for during the months after that, um, yeah, I started, so my, my period, I, fortunately my period, I had no issues getting regular periods when I stopped my oral contraceptive, which I was really, really happy about. And um, so I was tracking my period on the flow app. And I mean, it was coming like clockwork at 28 days. And I was like, that is pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. You know, having, having, you know, being, being, you know, I run 120 plus miles per week and, you know, I eat like a horse and I'm getting regular periods without my oral contraceptive. So I was thrilled. I was like, you know, I'm doing all the right things, you know, to make sure that I'm healthy and I'm able, uh, you know, setting world records in my forties. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Um, but, but yeah, then I, um, then I, you know, I was doing races and, um, I was under a lot of stress and I started noticing like my, um, I was traveling a lot as, as well. So I was, I had a lot of stressors happening and, um, going into Western States last year, and um, my period was supposed to come on like a Monday and like going into Western States that following weekend, my period had it come. And I was a little bit panicked about that um, because here my, my period has been like clockwork for, you know, my entire life. Um, and even without my oral contraceptive. And so I was a little bit panicked and ended up taking a pregnancy test uh, two days before Western States. Um, because I was like, what if I'm pregnant? You know, this is not normal for me. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that was, that was pretty stressful going into Western States. And, um, but fortunately, Western States has a pregnancy uh, deferral program. So that was part of the reason why I needed to know if I was pregnant, because then, you know, I could defer my entry, you know, and then thank, thank goodness for Western States even doing that, because a lot of races don't do that. Um, and so, yeah, I, so then by race day, I still had not started my period, but um, my husband and I, uh, you know, we were prepared for the possibility that I might start my period during the race, which I've never experienced before. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, running 100, 100 miles, you know, uh, like here I've gotten, you know, my whole life, my whole ultra running career, um, my period coming like clockwork on a Monday, not having to deal with my period coming during a race. Um, and so, so yeah, I, you know, went into that race, like prepared. Um, and I started having, um, I started feeling like, like really, um, like kind of my head in the clouds during the start of the race and then starting to internally feel like, I think I'm getting cramps. I think I'm getting menstrual cramps, like five miles into the race. <laughs> I mean, Western States is grueling enough. Um, and then you add in like getting, um, you know, PMS. Um, so, so basically what happened, I was getting like PMS the first like 30, uh, 30 to 55 miles of the race. Um, and I like, at one point I came into one of the aid stations and I like whispered in my, my, cause I don't want to yell it out. Hey, I'm about to start my <laughs> I whispered it in my husband's ear. Uh, I was like, it's like, I'm getting menstrual cramps. And, um, and so, yeah, we had to, you know, prepare that I was probably going to about to start my period. 
Um, and funny enough, so I, I mentioned, um, so there was, you know, there's lots of photographers, there's lots of video people. And there was like actually a picture of me whispering to my husband, you know, and, um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and, and people want to know that I'm struggling like I am. Um, and there's like, you know, all these pictures of me, I'm just smiling. I look, you know, vibrant. I look happy. Uh, and, and so, yeah. So anyways, I'm going, kind of just going with the flow during the race and I, um, I'm having all these menstrual cramps and I'm not feeling good. Um, and I didn't know, it wasn't like I wanted to take like NSAIDs, um, you know, I didn't, because, you know, that can, that can cause like kidney problems during ultras. Um, so I had a baggie of Tums and I thought, you know, I, I, you know, was carrying Tums for my gut, but I kind of, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, what can I take to help myself? And I thought, well, you know what, I'm just going to take a Tom and just see how my body reacts because, uh, you know, I mean, if they help my gut, maybe they'll help my cramps. Um, and so I ended up taking a Tom, I think it was like 35, uh, 40 miles into the race and it just cut out those cramps. And I was like, whoa, that was like, you know, it's like a science experiment. I thought it was like a miracle cure. Um, and so I ended up going at that point, I'm going into the canyons part um, of Western States, which is a really hot part of the course. And finally, I started feeling good. Like I started feeling like myself. I started feeling like my, my, my brain is coming back to earth. Um, and I started to move up during the race. And I think I went from like eighth place up to third place. And um, I mean, I was just like, yes, I'm finally like got my cramps under control. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I was feeling really good at that point. Um, you know, I'm just trying to be I'm such a chill person that, you know, I'm like, I'm like, well, if I get my period, you know, that's just part of, you know, <laughs> to deal with it. Um, and so, so yeah, I think it was, um, coming into, uh, so I'd moved up to third and was feeling good. And, um, and then coming into Forest Hill is like, uh, 61, 62 miles. Um, and that was when I like knew I was like about to start my period. Um, and so I was trying to, I think I might, uh, well, actually my, my husband didn't have the, I needed more tums because I, my cramps were coming back. Um, and so I, he, I think my husband didn't have any extra Tums. And so I, I thought, well, you know, they'll probably have Tums at an aid station. So I said, well, I'm just going to wait till I get to the next aid station. Um, and during that, like, I don't know, was it three to five miles section is when I realized like I started my period. Um, and my, I felt like I was going to pass out on the trails, oh like, and I mean, at that point, it's really hot and we're, it's kind of suffocating because you're kind of running through the trees and, um, I felt terrible and, um, and yeah, I mean, ever since I like started going through perimenopause, I'm not somebody that like my symptoms really impacted my running in the past, but since I started, I've hit perimenopause and um, the symptoms are bad. <laughs> like tramping, nausea. I mean, if I wasn't running Western States, I would probably be at home laying in bed just because I feel so bad. Um, but I'm running a hundred miles, you know, grilling hundred miles and I'm experiencing this. And so I have to deal with it. Um, so I thought I was going to pass out in the trails and I, you know, got to the next aid station. I took some Tums, got back going. Um, and, and I just kept going. And I think I, I had like another, um, section where I hit an aid station and I had to lay down for about 20 minutes. 
And just to kind of get my body back, you know, where I could like keep going. I don't want to pass out on the trails. Um, and then I, I finally got to my husband again at like 79 miles, which is the Rucky Chucky river crossing. And I, I just had to time out for like an hour. Um, and so I ended up like, uh, we're trying to figure out, you know, what can I do to like, you know, get myself back in balance? How, you know, how do you deal with cramps? It's like, you can't really control, you can only control so much, you know, when you're experiencing that. Um, but he, he ended up having some, uh, mineral water. He gave me some mineral water and that seemed to finally um, calm my body down. I was able to get that going and uh, I ended up finishing the race. I'm so proud, (laughs) proud, knowing what I worked through Um, and I ended up getting eighth place. So I ended up finishing top 10. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I was just so happy to get to the finish. I was just like, I can't, I don't, you know, I don't even know what happened out there, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was just like an ecstatic moment. So for decades, running shoes have been researched, tested and designed for men. Brands have relied on the shrink it and pink it approach to sell male shoes to female customers. That's why we are stoked to be working with Hedda's. Hedda's designs athletic footwear for women that elevates performance, safety, and style. Hedda's has unlocked the science behind women's biomechanics through dedicated research and creates better shoes for women's performance. Some of Hedda's special features include a lower ankle collar to reduce rubbing on women's ankle bones, a breathable mesh toe box to allow for ventilation and accommodate female toe shape, a more narrow and reductive heel cup to reduce heel slippage and take pressure off the Achilles, a rounded instep that creates a snug fit through the middle to match the curvature of a woman's foot and supercritical foam and a PBEX plate in the midsole to keep our legs going when the going gets tough. Hedda's has three shoe models designed for different sessions, the Alma Cruise for your long runs, the Alma Tempo for training days, and the Alma Speed for pushing the pace. I've been running in the Alma Tempos and they are a pleasure to train in. You can get your own pair of Hedda's at Hedda's.com and use the code FEISTY20, that's all caps, FEISTY20, for 20% off. Check it out today. We'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. Musculoskeletal health is everything during menopause. Everyone knows how much I love Joint Health Plus from Prevenex, which has helped me get back to distance running after arthritic toes stopped me in my tracks. Now they have a product that has become my go-to for muscle strength and recovery, Muscle Health Plus. Muscle Health Plus contains all the key ingredients we talk about on this show, like creatine monohydrate, essential amino acids, and branched-chain amino acids, plus even more cutting-edge ingredients like HMB and estrogen that are scientifically shown to increase muscle growth, recovery, and strength. I use it every day during my early morning lifting sessions, and there's no question that it helps my power during those workouts and my recovery after. Plus, I love having everything I need from the best high-quality ingredients in one reasonably priced shake. I've also heard from fellow users who have had bloating or GI upset in the past from creatine that haven't had any of that with Muscle Health Plus. I make my shake with almond milk and espresso, but it's also good with ice cold water, which makes the flavor really pop. As always, you can get 15% off your first order with the code HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Prevenex.com. That's HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Prevenex.com. Do your muscles a favor and head on over and get some today. So 
you know, take it going from there, like you have this experience and you must be like, okay, now what, you know I mean? Like, what does this yeah. mean for all these future uh, events? And I know that in one of your posts, you said you had your period like three times in five weeks between June and July. So, I mean, this is something that you are definitely contending with now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so last year I ended up having, um, either like the day before my period or during my period, I had three major races that coincided with that time period when my body feels terrible. Um, and you know, this is a financial impact on me. Like I don't even, I like, it, it was a huge loss. It was a huge stress for me for, to have my period, something I've never had to deal with, you know, with ultras before having that coincide with my races. And, you know, as a professional, a professional athlete, you know, not being able to perform at my best um, because I'm experiencing my period, I'm going through perimenopause. I mean, it was stressful. It was stressful. It was a financial toll. And I was like, I was like, you know, I haven't had to deal with this before in my career. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, last year I, it was, it, and it started to impact my mental health, you know, not like not knowing when my period is going to come because it's, you know, consistently come at 28 days. It's always come on a Monday, you know, not having to deal with it and um, impacting my races. Um, and so, so last year, I mean, was a learning experience for me. Like, you know, what does my body need? Like, um, you know, how, like, this is, this is awful. This is like really stressful for me. And, um, and so I ended up going back on my oral contraceptive and just thinking like, oh, well, maybe that is what I need, um, you know, as a professional athlete. Yeah. And so I ended up going back on my oral contraceptive, um, last September and, um, and my body seemed to have a difficult time readjusting to my oral contraceptive. And, um, and I just kind of started like taking it a month at a time, like thinking, oh, you know, I'll get readapted. Um, but my periods were still not coming again at 28 days. They were not getting regular. And, um, and it seemed like every time I, well, I, I did definitely did start like, um, in terms of like how my muscles felt and how my body felt, um, I did feel better at first going back on my oral contraceptive, but, um, it seemed like over time that, um, it seemed like every time, every month when I would start my oral contraceptive, I would feel bad for a couple of days. And then I would feel okay for a week. And then I would feel bad in the middle. And then I would feel like, like I it just seemed like it was just really inconsistent, um, with my oral contraceptive. Um, and, and then, yeah, going into this year, it just seemed like my body was not readapting to my oral contraceptive and, um, and like not coming at that, that 28 days and, and, you know, it was causing like stress, like, like not knowing when my period was going to come. It seemed like I was, I got to the point where, um, this summer where it was like maybe for half the month or three quarters of the month, 
I was internally struggling. Like I, my energy and my sleep, just everything. Like I, I think it was like 90% of, you know, the perimenopause symptoms. Um, I mean, I internally felt like scrambled eggs. Like I felt like I was constantly having to deal with like cramps and um, spotting during my cycle um, and just my energy, my mood and my mental health, like all these things were being impacted um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, it was kind of this, uh, I guess back in June and July, I ended up getting, it was, uh, it was like, I got my period, uh, three times in five weeks and, you know, this is while taking my oral contraceptive. That's crazy. Um, yeah. And so, uh, so I finally said, you know what, I'm just going to stop my oral contraceptive again and see if, you know, see how I feel. I mean, it's almost like this science experiment trying to figure out, you know, what is the right solution for me, um, you know, at this point in my life. And so I'm, I'm telling you, once I stopped my oral contraceptive, it was like all those internal struggles and symptoms I've been dealing with just went away, like in days. And, um, and so, yeah, now I've, I've gone like two months now of um, not having those internal struggles. My energy is good. I feel like I have my vigor back. Um, and I, and I, I'd consulted with my dietitian as well. And she had talked about, uh, working on stress management because mm -hmm. obviously being a professional athlete, um, I'm under a lot of stress. Like I travel a lot. I race. I, you know, do, I did a whole thing with Lululemon back in May, um, you know, launching um, our further project and our shoes. And um, so, yeah, I've been under a lot of stress, stresses lately. And so I've really tried to focus on uh, my husband and I went on vacation to Oregon back in July, which was awesome. Um, and, and yeah, I finally have like gotten myself back to feeling good, just trying to focus on stress management, uh, cutting out my oral contraceptive. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I've just finally been able to get back training and strength training and, you know, doing all these things that, you know, keep me happy and healthy. So, well, that, I mean, that's, that's great to hear. I mean, I have, I have a couple, I have a couple of questions. Did, did anyone ever suggest um, an IUD to you like to help manage your period? Yeah, I've, I've had, um, yeah, I've had people and I, I've con been consulting with my doctor through all of this. Um, I do have a primary care physician that I work with um, and he had recommended a OBGYN, um, a local OBGYN, but um, we were traveling a lot this summer and I had to like, uh, actually I got, I got COVID. I was supposed to go to my, see the OBGYN and then I got COVID and I had to cancel the appointment. Um, so I, I haven't been able to, to talk to um, the OBGYN yet. Um, but my, I, you know, I, I've heard like a lot of conflicting, like, uh, you know, experiences from people. Yeah. And for me, I had, I had hernia surgery back in, uh, back in 2010. And I have like, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of nervous to try something like that. Uh, just because I've had hernia surgery and I, you know, I'm kind of sensitive in my pelvis. Yeah. That's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. The people who love them, love them, but it is not like everybody loves them, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want it to, you know, having had hernia surgery and having like pins in my abdomen, I don't want to like yeah. start causing like internal like cramping or um, like, you know, there's, there's, it's just kind of like mixed, I guess, like for some people there might be like an adaptation period. Yeah. Um, and 
Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess it would be, you know, it's an, it's an experiment almost like if I tried it and if it worked, um, but yeah, in terms of, you know, what do we do now? Like, I don't want to get pregnant. Um, my, my husband, um, I've talked with my husband about getting a vasectomy. Um, I mean, you know, contraceptive contraception doesn't just have to be a woman thing. Like, you know, men can do things. Um, and so, so yeah, I've like my husband and I have talked about that and, um, you know, having him like go through a vasectomy. Um, and, and then, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to work with William right now. I feel great, like not taking my oral contraceptive. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just kind of have to go with the flow because, yeah. you know, I'm trying to, I, I'm trying to explore like, you know, uh, uh, you know, hormone replacement therapy. I don't know, like, you know, at what age they recommend that. And, you know, I mean, do you, do you have any advice on that? I mean, I, that's something I would have to talk with a doctor about, um, but also be a professional athlete. I have to be careful, you know, taking any sort of hormones. Like I don't want to potentially take something and it be a banned substance because, I'm drug tested. My DHEA and testosterone and all of that would be off the table. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I mean, even supplements, you know, I'm so like careful with everything I put into my body or on my body. Um, you know, it's, it's like, it's nerve wracking professional athlete. I don't want to potentially take something that's, you know, tainted or that's banned. Yeah. Um, and so I have to be really careful with that kind of stuff. But, um, but, you know, I mean, in terms of like medications, I mean, the only thing I took was my oral contraceptive and, um, and yeah, I mean, that's safe, but, um, but yeah, I'd have to look into taking things like uh, hormone replacement therapy mm -hmm. and, um, and yeah, I mean, the other thing is, you know, I'm a professional athlete in my forties. And that's a big deal because, you know, like here the past like five years or so that they're starting to be um, more professional women athletes, you know, continuing into their 40s. And we're like the first generation that that's really happening with. And we have a platform to talk about what it's like, you know, being a competitive athlete in our 40s. And, you know, here I'm experiencing perimenopause and um, you know, this is something I'm like, this is my own journey that I'm going on. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been like a relief for me to be able to talk about it and for it to resonate with so many women. And I realized like, you know, there, there's so much that's unknown at this point, like, you know, how do we deal with this? Um, but I feel like, you know, it's really helping me to be able to talk about it with other women and just that visibility, uh, you know, that, that platform that we have to make it more visible and for women to know that this happens, you know, that a hundred percent. That's why I started this podcast. I mean, I didn't really start racing semi-professionally until I was 39, 40, you know, like I was very late yeah. bloomer. And I, uh -huh. and you see women, especially in the endurance space, I think that you can a hundred percent like these do, and you are living proof, do so many amazing things in your forties, a hundred, you know, a hundred percent. And, and that also dovetails with the time when perimenopause is going to, you know, enter the room as, as you've discovered. I'm, I'm wondering like what, what of the things that are helping are you doing? You know, you mentioned stress management. What does that actually look like? What are you doing for that piece? Because that is a big, big piece because those hormones help manage the HPA axis. They help manage the stress response. So when they go a little haywire, so does your stress response. And if you start dumping stress on top of that, 
You know, I mean, it, it becomes what you're seeing. So I'm wondering what you're doing. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I hadn't ever really tapped into my mental health uh, until like this year. And I have to credit Lululemon because they're all about our health and wellness and taking care of our mental health. And so back in January was the first time um, I've ever met with a mental health person. Um, and so he taught me the, um, the was it emotional freedom technique, um, hmm. which is kind of like, um, it's kind of like this like whole like tapping thing that you do. Um, and so like, you know, whenever I have a stressful moment, um, and I realize like something's impacting my mental health, that there's kind of this like tapping technique and um, the emotional freedom technique, um, that I can do to, um, help me kind of relieve that stress that, and um, that I'm going through. And so, um, it's, it's, it was so good to be able to talk with, like, I was kind of nervous about it at first, like, and, you know, be able to talk to somebody that doesn't know me about like, what are the things that are stressing me out? And I'm talking about, you know, the stress of my periods and, and not knowing how to deal with it, and you know, impacting my races and, um, and all that. And so, I mean, that's been, you know, one stressful thing. Um, but then, you know, just the stress, judged, you know, I go through, I'm trolled, I'm cyberbullied, I'm put down. Like there's so many, there's so many, it's crazy. I mean, being a professional athlete, I mean, there's so many things that, you know, I don't necessarily talk about in social media, but you know, being a woman, I'm judged. Um and and so yeah, I mean there's I've realized like, you know, just with social media, there's been there's been moments that I have to like, you know, mute somebody, block somebody. I have to get my husband to read through comments, you know, before I even like respond to uh respond to people. I mean, there I've had to put like kind of like barriers, you know, between me and the outside world because th those things impact my mental health. And um and so yeah, just you know, be able to 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 tap into what are these things that impact my mental health and you know, how do I alleviate those types of stresses? Um, but then, you know, also thinking about things like I travel a lot, I'm going through different time zones. I mean, it's just relentless. Um, and so, you know, that's a stress. That's a stress because, you know, my my body kind of gets off balance and um, and so, yeah, how do I deal with, you know, travel stress, um, you know, training for races, um, speaking, like, I'm just, I just have all these stressors. So being able to recognize those stresses and trying to alleviate them, you know, my husband, I got to give credit to my husband because he is such a huge help in terms of like communication and managing just the management part of being a professional athlete. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I realized like, you know, going into the summer that I had been through a lot of stresses this year and like <laughs> my husband and I finally went on a vacation up to Oregon and, you know, being able to like, kind of like meditate, you know, in the trees by the ocean. Um, and I think I, 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 you know, what I've learned from it is that I need to take more vacations. <laughs> yes. I totally recommend that. Um, and so, I mean, it's, you know, it's even made my husband and I think about, um, you know, moving, um, you know, maybe I need to move somewhere where, you know, I have less stresses. I'm kind of able to, you know, when I come home, I'm able to kind of be more meditative and not, you know, be uh, influenced by so many outside things. 
Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, I just be able to tap into what those stressors are and to know like, okay, I don't need to be burning the candle at both ends, like all the time. Like I need to have, you know, my quiet time to be able to go into training mode, um, you know, and prepare for those moments when I have my races or I have, um, have to travel, have to do speaking. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I think it's really helped me to be able to recognize like when I'm stressed, um, when those stresses start to impact my women's health, I start to get those perimenopause symptoms. And so that has been like kind of this light bulb moment of knowing, you know, how do I tap into knowing when I'm stressed, when I need to like back off, pull the reins back. And, and so, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, it's kind of been a learning process here the past couple of months and um, knowing how to manage those and um, those stressors and knowing when they impact my uh, my menstrual health and, and those sort of things. Yeah. And, you know, that that will serve you well beyond this menopause transition, right? <laughs> like, yeah. those are good life lessons broadly. Um, totally. Let's. let's have you changed? I mean, I know you work with a dietitian. Um, you know, you work with everybody. Have you changed your diet at all through this, or is it about the same? Yeah. So um, when I started working with a dietitian two years ago and realized I had this high iron issue, I um, also had low magnesium, um, and magnesium impacts your sleep. Like, uh, and so, so yeah, she's had me following the root cause protocol and, um, everybody's like, Oh, what is that? And, you know, it's kind of complicated to explain, but I mean, it's kind of a chemistry thing of trying to rebalance your minerals. And it's not like I'm taking a whole lot of supplements. Um, but it's just kind of this chemistry thing where, you know, I'm having to take in more salt. Um, she has me taking like this adrenal cocktail, uh, uh, was it the, uh, jigsaw health? I take like this adrenal cocktail twice a day. And I take like something like 650 milligrams of magnesium a day. And that's in different forms. And so I take like the mineral drops and, um, take like this mag soothe that I take like before sleep. Um, I take magnesium malate. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, there's kind of this like quirky, quirky balance of things that you take um, as part of the root cause protocol. So when I started, when she had me start doing that, I mean, it was in the first month that it felt like it relit my inferno. And, and I started to feel that difference. And, and, and I mean, it was just like, holy cow, I think this actually works. Um, and oh, I, I forgot to mention another thing is I'm um, cutting out uh, alcohol. Um, so I mean, my my husband and I have always been like beer connoisseurs. Um, yeah. We used to home we used to homebrew beer. Um, we homebrewed beer for like eight years. And um, my husband's Irish, so we definitely like our beer. Um, but yeah, we were able to cut out alcohol because alcohol actually enhances iron, uh, iron, mm. uh, metabolism. And so like, uh, and you know, like we love our beer, but we, we found out that unfortunately there's a lot of non-alcoholic beers out there. And so we were able to replace, um, you know, our nightly beer with, you know, having a non-alcoholic beer, which has been amazing. Um, so yeah, just be able to, to, you know, cut out alcohol, uh, following this root cause protocol, you know, taking in more magnesium. Um, I mean, it was life-changing. It was definitely a huge, huge, you know, change for us. 
Um, and so going into the fall two years ago, um, I mean, I just started crying. It was like, it just relit my inferno and um, ended up running the Javelin 100 and um, broke the course record there by like 49 minutes. Um, and then, you know, went into 2020, uh, let's see what year, 2022, um, you know, broke my 100 mile world record and um, broke my 12 hour world record. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, you know, going, I'm 40, 41 now, last year I was 40. Um, so yeah, to, to, you know, have made these dietary changes, you know, being able to sleep better and, you know, being able to work through my perimenopause symptoms. I mean, I'm feeling great now. That is um, awesome. Yeah. And you strength training, right? Like I, I, I think you were yeah. talking about that in ritual that you hadn't done lower body work before, but you're doing lower body work now. Yeah. Yeah. So I had worked with PTs over the years and done like different exercises and everybody was into like, oh, you got to do single leg exercises. And, um, and yeah, so I had been doing things, you know, my PTs had recommended, but I was working with a, I've had hamstring problems for like, I don't know how many years, 11 years. Um, and I was working with a, um, a massage therapist up in Colorado, um, who is also like a street training person. Um, and he was like, you know what? He's like, cause he, he was asking me about my street training routine. And, um, and I was like, oh, you know, I do a lot of single leg stuff, like single leg squat type stuff. And he's like, he's like, you know what? You should get a bar. You should get a squat rack and a bar and you need to go heavier. And so <laughs> I was yeah. like, Totally, totally. Um, so my husband, two and a half years ago, my husband and I bought a squat rack and got a bar. And I mean, that's kind of intimidating as a woman trying to go heavy. Like I hadn't, I hadn't done that since I was in college. Um, and so, so yeah, once we got the the squat rack and the bar, and we kind of started out like pretty basic, like working with the bar, just getting used to the the motion, um, and then started adding weight. And then like, I was able to progress over time and it was, it was exciting. <laughs> it was totally exciting to see like myself getting stronger. And I realized like that carryover, you know, that excitement that you get, you know, from running and, you know, your fitness getting better with running. I was feeling that same excitement in the gym with strength training. And I was like, I was like, man, I could totally go hardcore with this if I really wanted to. Um, but I, I, what, what I learned from that experience is that I, I tend to put on muscle, even when I'm, um, running a lot, like I'm somebody that's like a super responder to like gym work. Um, and so, so I kind of had to be like, okay, I have to find a balance. Like I can't be like too hardcore in the gym. And so we've been able to, to like cut back, um, like, you know, I only do it like once a week and I kind of, I end up doing it, um, more for mobility and, um, like, I feel like it helps like that whole kinetic chain between your back, your hips, your knees. Um, and so what I found over time is that if I just do it like once a week, that it has really kind of like bulletproofed um, my body structurally, that I'm not breaking down as much. I'm not having those hip and hamstring issues. And so I feel like I found like a healthy balance that, um, you know, I'm not getting so hardcore, like doing it twice a week, like building muscle, like, you know, going up in weight, that it's more about structural health for me as an ultra runner that I have to do uh, when I start to, if I haven't done it for a, a while and I start to feel kind of those kinks accumulate again, and then I get in the gym and, you know, do my squats, do my deadlifts, 
And it's like all those kinks just like go away. And so I, you know, in terms of, you know, and and women, you know, especially women, you know, going, going, you know, older, um, you know, this is, this is really helpful. Like I totally recommend it. I feel like it's helped me in terms with my structural health and my hamstrings, but, um, I'm also a bone health person. I mean, I know the benefits of strength training for your bone health and being able to, to load your body actually, um, you know, has such a huge impact on your spinal health and, um, you know, you're maintaining your muscle mass. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm like, if I wasn't a runner, I'd probably be a hardcore, like gym strength training person because, you know, I, I, I see, and I feel the differences that it makes for me. And I totally recommend it for, for more women. A hundred percent. Everything you just said. And, and it's funny, you do have to find that sweet spot. I like you though. What even just once a week, it keeps all of those niggles away. It keeps all of that yep. stuff. Like I feel the bulletproof thing is is real. And if I and if I drift away from it, all of a sudden I'm like, I don't feel as structurally so- solid. Yeah. 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 So like even going, you know, into races, like you know, I might only do like a couple of gym sessions, like before a big race. And that just seems to like add that like little extra bit of strength and, you know, bulletproofing my body so that I don't structurally break down uh, during these ultras. And so, you know, I'm getting into this whole multi-day racing thing. And I mean, maintaining your structural, (laughs) maintaining your structural health. I mean, it's, it's a lot of stress on your body. And I, I feel like that it has made such a difference being able to get in the gym and work on my hamstrings, you know, work on those, those um, parts of my body that tend to break down. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, I, I recommend that. I mean, I think every, every athlete needs to think about, you know, what is their body weakness and, you know, to work on that so that it, it doesn't end up becoming a problem for them during races. So speaking of it, it's funny. Um, a few members in my community, I was just speaking of your training and sort of your background in bone and structural health, um, they all shared when it came out in the group, uh, the, the trail runner article on Camille Heron's advice sure. for ultra athletes, skip the long run, yeah. you know, bones are made of dynamic tissues that need stress, not too much, et cetera. And they assumed yeah. that that was something that you had started doing, I think, in because of perimenopause. But my understanding, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is that this is something that you've sort of been germinating on a long time as far as like what the volume and how to like structure your training to hit that sweet spot is because of your background in musculoskeletal health. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I had learned in grad school uh, because I did my master's thesis on how to optimize mechanical stress for health. Um, And so I had learned in grad school that it was more anabolic and better for your bone and muscle health to split the stress into short, frequent bouts. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I'm learning, you know, from a bone health perspective, and I'm thinking, you know, in my head, well, how do I apply this to running? Um, And so when I first started, like training for the marathon, I was doing long runs up to 26 miles, you know, every Sunday. Um, and so, so yeah, I, you know, I did okay, like at the start of my marathoning career, but, but what happened was, um, I went up to Colorado to train for a summer 
And my husband was like, okay, well, you know, training in Colorado, I don't think you need to be doing 26 mile long runs. You know, let's, let's pull back the reins on your long runs and, and then come back in the evening time um, to do a short run in the evening time. So what I found was that shortening my long runs and then doing the second run of the evening time, it was like magic. It was magic. And um, and I started realizing like I was recovering faster. I was recovering faster, not doing these like extreme long runs and um, every Sunday. I'm shortening my long runs. I was recovering faster. Um, I could bounce back quicker to do a speed session um midweek, you know, do some intervals on like a Wednesday. Um, and so it was, it was like magic. It, it really made such a difference that I was able to recover faster. I started to get faster. Um, and that was when I started to see my marathon time come down. And so I was able to drop like 10 minutes off my marathon time. Um, you know, just, just, just that single little thing that I was doing. Um, and so I kind of found like over time, uh, especially getting into ultra running because I'm running these long ultra races um, and then, you know, I had to recover, you know, in between those races and um, like, it wasn't like I wanted to be hitting, you know, 30 miles, like every Sunday or doing back to back long runs. I mean, I'm just trying to recover from you know, <laughs> these big epic races that I've done. And so um, it's just kind of been a process over time and, um, you know, going through my ultra running career and going through the pandemic, I, you know, wasn't really doing long runs during the pandemic. I was like maxing out at like two hours for, you know, the longest I would go. And I realized like my body felt better. My body felt better when I started cutting out and not doing as many long runs um, and then, you know, going on this journey with my whole perimenopause and, um, you know, thing, I, I, it's kind of made sense to me and um, knowing the science and um, knowing what I'm feeling, you know, cutting out these long runs and then seeing that translate to, you know, breaking world records, you know, I'm doing amazing things in my forties. And I feel like, like, it's kind of been like, this totally makes sense. Like I need to evolve my, my training um, with where I am in the present um, you know, trying to trying to pull back the range, trying to alleviate that stress. Like my my body, you know, is responding really well to it. Um, and so yeah, I, I feel like, you know, in, in the ultra running community, there's this thought that, oh, you have to do back-to-back long runs. You have to do like these 30, 40 mile training runs. Um and you know, I'm doing almost like the polar opposite. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm I'm running really fast. And I'm having um, you know, I've been able to have a long uh competitive running career. I've been running right. personal best since 1995, you know, and I'm still <laughs> going, I'm still going with it. Um, and so yeah, I mean, I I just think it's a it's it's you know, it's important for for athletes to think that, you know, you you gotta evolve with your body and where you are in the present. Um, you know, I don't want to see ultra runners getting broken down and injured and you know, not being able to have long running careers. Um, and so you know, I, I just want people to, to be able to think that, you know, to not feel like they have to do these long runs, that maybe they can pull back the reins and and you know, to have confidence that that it's the cumulative volume that you put in over time, you know, the, the, you know, the months leading up to a race, it's not a single long run that's going to make the difference. It's that cumulative volume that gives you the strength and the endurance to carry you. 
So, I mean, even like last year, I ran my 100 mile world record. I had one 20 mile long run <laughs> during, during that build up, and the rest of my runs were two hours or shorter. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've kind of taken this approach, the science approach of looking at it from the cumulative volume that gives me that strength um, to carry me that, you know, that single, like doing 20, 30, 40 miles, you know, back to back long runs, you don't need that. You don't, you need, you have to look at it from a cumulative volume perspective. That's great. Yeah. And it, it's, it makes so much sense. And I can see how that would really translate into um, like you mentioned, just less breakdown. Yeah. Just, just more opportunities for recovery and less breakdown. Yeah. I, I mean, like, like, you know, mentioning, uh, from that article, I mean, it, it talks, it talked about how your body tends to tune out a stress. You hit a, you hit a threshold where there's not really any advantage to, you know, going longer. Right. Right. Um, and so, yeah, they, they found, um, the scientists found that it's better rather than doing, you know, a single, uh, two hour run that it's better to split the stress, um, into, you know, to into one hour, you know, another one hour, um, with a recovery period in between, because it resensitizes the muscle and bone cells to be able to respond to the stress. And so that ends up being more anabolic. It ends up, you know, building, maintaining your bone and muscle mass, um, and so, yeah, I've had a lot of like ultra friends be like, oh, I feel like, you know, doing back to back long runs makes me really strong. Um, and I'm like, well, you know, maybe there's a better way <laughs> because the science says that, you know, that your body tunes out that stress and um, it hits a threshold where it tunes it out and that it's actually better to split it. And, you know, I like I've I've really I have confidence in knowing the science and being able to apply it and seeing how it's making a difference for me um, to be able to to really crush the world records, to be able to beat men, be, you know, and I'm doing I'm doing all this in my 40s. I'm beating men. I'm beating men's records and I'm going through perimenopause. I'm having to deal with this stress. <laughs> Um, you know, what I'm going through as a woman, but, um, but I also have, you know, I have a lot of confidence knowing the science and knowing that it works and that I've seen, uh, you know, the benefits of, you know, being able to apply that science. So that's awesome. That is awesome. Is there anything you else special that you do for recovery? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, feel so good. Like most of the time, like I, I feel like since I've made those dietary changes to help get my iron down. And um, so when you're, when your body builds up iron um, and, uh, you know, that's another, that's another important thing to, to talk about is that when you go through menopause um, and you start not getting your periods, that our periods are a way to help regulate our iron. And so a lot of women, when they stop getting their periods, can develop high iron, um, which causes oxidative stress because iron acts as an oxidant in our body. And so, um, like, I think I shared a, a, a video the other day talking about how women develop like musculoskeletal uh, issues. You know, they start having like knee pain or back pain or things like that. And they don't, the, the doctor can't figure out why. Um, and I, you know, I, I think a lot of women may be str struggling with high iron and they don't know it, you know, they're perimenopause, menopause. 
um, you know, and how their, their periods, you know, uh, they stop getting their periods. And um, so, but anyways, that can cause like muscle aches, you know, body pains. And since I've worked with my dietitian to help, you know, get my iron down to help manage my iron, my body feels better. Like I'm not having as many, like, I don't have to do as much body maintenance stuff with my body. Like I just feel good. I'm not like breaking down. Um, a lot of that has to do with the whole iron issue. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I do, I do have like a lot of like tools. Like I have, um, I have like a stick, what is it called? The marathon stick. Um, you know, whenever, whenever I start to feel like little body aches pop up, I might use like the marathon stick on like my calves. If I'm feeling anything in my feet. Um, I also have like the recovery boots that I use, you know, after races or after hard workouts, like put on my recovery boots. Um, we also have like this magnetic, uh, I don't know what it's called. Like it's a magnetic frequency type thing. Um, I'd have to ask my husband what that's called, but uh, basically it's like, it's like this, the PT had used it on me a couple of years ago and um, it works through like this magnetic frequency and it has like different settings that you can put it on. Um, and it's like a small miracle cure. <laughs> like whenever, whenever, uh, basically what happened was I, I had a knee injury two years ago and my knee had like swelled up and the PT put this thing on me and it was like it the swelling just like instantly went down and I was able to come back and like run a race. And I mean, I literally went from like hobbling with my knee injury to be able to run um, a world record on the track. And, um, and I said, okay, I'm going to buy that. I'll look that up, put it in the show notes. <laughs> so I, I, I could send you the link of what it is. It, it's actually pretty pricey. I mean, it, you know, money can buy you just about anything if you're willing, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I've worked with so many people that, you know, I'm always picking up like little recovery things. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, that was definitely a cure. Um, something else to mention. Um, so because I've been having like more PMS type issues going through perimenopause. And so when I realized like, I'm not feeling good a certain day, I'm having issues with my mental health. I found that walking is like super soothing. Like if I don't feel like going for a run, I will go for a walk and it just almost feels like meditative and, um, you know, go with my husband and like, just go for like a couple miles of walking. Um, and I actually recommended that to another friend recently that she was having PMS issues. I was like, you know, just like slow it down, like go for a walk, like, you know, enjoy the moment. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely found like, that's really helped me to kind of deal with the PMS. So. Yeah, a hundred percent. I, I experimented with the CGM for a little bit for the, the show. And I was like, wow, the power of a walk for your metabolic health <laughs> is unbelievable. It's the same thing. It's just like after stress, you know, when you're stressed or after you eat or what, like both, you just go out for a walk and everything just gets nice and nice and even. Totally. It's yeah. really good for you. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, the other thing to mention, um, talking about sleep, like I take naps every day. Like I'm a huge napper. Like I take two to three hour naps and like, I feel like that's, that's like my way of being able to meditate and to relax and, you know, to decompress. Um, and then also I take hot Epsom salt baths. Um, and so that was something my dietitian recommended to help with my magnesium. And so, um, I've definitely found those to be really helpful after hard workouts and races. Um, it just feels like it like kind of recharges my battery. 
Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, just be able to do things that like help alleviate stress and, and, and yeah, I mean, I can, I can tell like when my body starts getting more stressed out, like, you know, it's like, okay, I need to, you know, work with all those variables. Like how do I, you know, and it's just basic stuff. Like humans are pretty like simple, like, you know, thinking about your diet, thinking about, um, you know, sleep and training and like, you know, go for a walk. Or, we need a walk and a nap. <laughs> walking it down exactly yeah those are those are kind of my things i do so that's awesome well i this has been so great kamala but before i let you go though i definitely want to hear a little bit because i'm loving this lululemon initiative that you mentioned earlier the further project can you talk a little bit about what that is and and your involvement in it yeah yeah so uh <laughs> I get really excited. Like just, I can't even believe it. Um, yeah. When Lululemon um, reached out to me last year and I mean, it was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I mean, I'm somebody that has like really big audacious dreams and, um, you know, I've always been, I've always wanted somebody to like, really like grab on to like, let's make a women's team, you know, let's, Let's like put on an ultra running event, you know, like I, I think about like um the whole breaking two project here a couple of years ago. Um, you know, they've had these like things that were focused on men, you know, men trying to break men's records. And, you know, I've always thought, you know, man, I would love to have a sponsor like get behind uh women to go for women's records. Um, so when Lou Lemon, you know, reached out to me last year and they like told me this like audacious dream that they had, I was like, this is my dream. <laughs> like this is so cool. Um so so yeah I knew they were going to um to put together a women's team and um and and yeah I mean it's just kind of like evolved over time that like what it's become. And um, but basically we have this uh 10 10 women um, team and we're all different. It's a very diverse women's team. So we're all different ages, abilities, body types. We're from all over the world. Um, I mean, I think it's amazing that we have four women over the age of 40 that, you know, that's incredible for professional women. And we're all different. We're not just elite runners. We're all different abilities and we all have different platforms and things that we care about. Um, so, I mean, I get goosebumps just, you know, thinking about our team and how amazing all the women are. Um, and, you know, uh, so basically what we're going to be doing is putting on this six day event um, next year. And, you know, everybody's like, well, how did you come up with six days? And the six days was actually my idea. <laughs> I uh, I mentioned it to to Lululemon last year. Like they wanted to they wanted to do something different, and I came back to them and was like, "Hey, why don't we put on a six day event?" And the reason why six days is because the science has the science is kind of already showing that the further women go, the stronger we are, and the closer that I'm getting uh, closing that gap to the men's world records. Um, and so I've always thought that six days would be the potential point where I could break a men's world record. Um, and so I've been able to close the gap the further I've gone. And so um, for me, like six days is exciting because like that represents, you know, where I think I can break a men's world record. Mm. Um, 
And so, so yeah, so they grabbed onto that and, you know, all the women on our team are going to be trying to go our furthest distance. So, I mean, some of the women are marathoners and we've, I think we've got like four elite women that are, you know, like actual, like elite level, uh, ultra runners. Um, and then we've got my friend Myrna that oh, um, yeah. I think she's, <laughs> so Myrna's amazing. I mean, she's, um, she's done like six days stage racing on the trails. Um, up in Colorado. And so, I mean, her and me are both like kind of excited because she, her furthest distance is like 120 miles that she did during the six day stage race. And, you know, for me, like I'm going to be going for the actual six day world record. So all of us are going to be trying to push our own human limits and, um, uh, to, for the six day event. And then we, we've been working with the Lululemon, uh, you know, innovation and research teams. Uh, to develop, like, I didn't realize, like, how much, like, clothing and shoes are not super, like, women specific. I mean, I've been using things, I've been using scissors, like, cutting things, you know, cutting my shoes, um, using tapes, using loops. I've been doing things for years to try and get my gear to work for me. And so finally, like, we're working with the innovation research teams um, to develop, like, new products that are, like, very women-specific. And um, so each of us is working with the, the the teams to develop, you know, things for the, the further, the six-day event. And so, I mean, that's been, like, amazing. And then on top of it, we're also doing the research component that uh, they've been able to do lab testing with all of us. And so... Um, I didn't realize, like, I mean, I'm a sports science person, and I've always noticed, like, most of the research studies have been with men. And I, you know, I'm trying to apply the science, you know, knowing the science, and and I, there's been times that I'm like, this is not working for me. <laughs> like, I'm trying to do, you know, what the science says, you know, sports nutrition, and I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I think I need like 90 grams an hour of carbohydrates. Like my body is naturally good at fat metabolism. Um, so trying to force like carbohydrates in me, like makes me sick. And so, so, so yeah, so being able to work with the, the Canadian Sports Institute Pacific and they're doing all this lab testing with us. And I mean, that's just going to help to elevate you know, our understanding of women's physiology and, you know, what makes us hardwire uh, for ultra endurance. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, just all together. I mean, it's just an amazing project. And, you know, I really, I really appreciate Lululemon. Um, I mean, they have some amazing researchers and, uh, you know, for them to have this like audacious dream that like matched everything that I've always wanted to do. I mean, I'm just like over the moon. <laughs> That is, that is amazing. That is very, very cool. And, and, um, sure. did the bliss, the bliss feet trail shoot come out of that? Is that like, yeah. So we yeah. did, we did our photo shoot back in, uh, February to, to be able to launch the blissful trail shoot. So this is a women's specific trail shoe. And I've learned so much working with the shoe, the shoe innovation people about my feet. Um, I mean, the first time I put on that shoe, I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, this like actually fits my feet. Wow. <laughs> and I didn't, re I didn't realize like a lot of shoe brands have been making women's shoes based on a men's last. 
Yep. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, shrink it and pink it or whatever, you know, like I didn't realize like talking with them, like, like I've always had issues with trying to get the, the fit around my ankles or, um, I found out I needed a wider, uh, like I actually need to be in a women's wide. Um, and I didn't realize that until like I had my feet measured by them. And so, you know, I didn't realize like all these things, like that I've these quirks with women's shoes that like I've had so many foot issues over the years and, um, and yeah, being able to work the Lululemon people and get into a women's specific fit. Um, I was just like, Oh my gosh, just like, I had no idea. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, those are just, you know, some of the things that they're, they're trying to meet, to meet our needs, you know, meet women's needs that um, have gone and met like all this time. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's just so many cool things that I think are going to come out of, you know, Lululemon, you know, trying to change the industry, you know, make more women specific things. So um, yeah, this is just the start. Like, let's see what, let's go with it and see what happens. I, I really appreciate that. I very much appreciate them. They, they supported women's cycling very early on. And I just think they, they do great things. So I'm, I'm really excited to see where this goes. So I guess, you know, to wrap, is there anything we have covered far and wide, but is there anything that we haven't uh, talked about or anything that you would like to share with this, you know, very active menopausal audience that uh, just like parting words you'd want to leave them with? Yeah, gosh, you know, I, you know, I'm just trying to share my journey as a professional athlete going through my forties. And, um, you know, I think it's like, I, I just did an article last week with, uh, the Canadian running talking about how I'm, I'm willing to evolve with my body and where I am in the present and, you know, how my body's going to change. And I, I mean, I feel like every woman out there, needs to think about that. You know, they need to think about where they are in the present and knowing that their body's going to change and being able to, to tap into, you know, what am I feeling in the present? You know, and if I'm not feeling great, you know, you might be going through perimenopause right now. I've, I've had so many women like, um, you know, I, I like I just saw like a couple of days ago, a woman talking about how she was struggling with her mental health and her sleep. And I just mentioned to her, hey, you might be going through perimenopause. And I mean, I didn't even know about that till two years ago. And a lot of women, you know, that might be 35 or even, you know, early 30s, maybe even younger. Um, I, I just think that just trying to improve the visibility of that and for women to know that exists, to know that their hormones change, to know that they need to to evolve with where they are in the present. Um, like, I just think it's a, an awareness thing, a visibility thing. And, and, you know, it's okay to change your diet. It's okay to change your training. It's okay to like add things, subtract things and, and just try to find that healthy balance that your body needs in the present. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to just keep sharing my own personal journey going through my forties and I'm just trying to be the best that I can be. Um, you know, whatever age you, I, I love to run. I really enjoy running and I, you know, hope my, my body allows me to do it, you know, for as long as possible. So, well, we will be paying attention and I really, really appreciate you. So thank you for being yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, you're you're welcome, and, and thanks for having me on. I mean, I was I've been listening to your podcast, and I was pretty excited to to be able to come on and to chat with you. So yeah, I really appreciate it. Well, that's our show. Come on back next week when I sit down once more with Dr. Heather Hirsch 
author of Unlock Your Menopause Type. We talk all about the six menopause types Heather defines in her book, as well as where she stands on practices like hormone testing for menopause. This one is not to be missed. So come on back for that one. And until then, as always, stay feisty. You've been listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I'm your host, Celine Yeager. The show is edited and produced by the strong, talented, and amazing women at Live Feisty Media. Follow us on social media at Feisty Menopause, and please help us spread the word. Screenshot and share this episode on your social media channels with the tag at Feisty Menopause. Share the show with your friends, and please subscribe, like, review, and rate this show wherever you get your podcasts. Word of mouth and good reviews make it easier for other listeners to find. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay feisty. Stay feisty.